Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. My name is Art. Happy Christmas in July, everyone. We have a huge episode ahead. Three guests on the show today. You'll want to stick around for this. So let's jump in. My guests today are three cozy mystery writers that uh, have gotten together to publish a collection of stories that will be coming out this September. It's called Christmas Mittens Murder, and the authors include Lee Hollis, Lynn Cahoon, and Maddie Day. And they've each written a a novella for that collection, and it's one that I had the privilege of reading uh, just recently and have really enjoyed that. So we'll talk more about that in the interview, but let's get to a few items before we get to our interview. I hope that you are doing well. We are celebrating my third anniversary. Uh, I believe I started back in July of 2020. So yeah, three years now. And this year has been a bit rough in getting content out, uh, not because for lack of trying or lack of interest. I'm still raring to go and, and excited to be sharing these episodes with you. But I've had some struggles with seasonal allergies. Even now, my throat feels very raspy. I've had computer problems. I've had crazy, crazy life events happening. Nothing serious or bad or or anything. It's just really busy life of recent. And then it seems like when I get time to record, I'm just tired. But that's okay. At least it's the off season. And anyway, I really am hoping to get some uh, couple stories out to you later this month. And then I got a couple of book recommendations for you as well. Uh, one is called, it's a short story collection written a few years ago called Wolfsbane and Mistletoe. And it's a collection of short stories written by a lot of different um, fantasy and horror writers. The theme is werewolves and Christmas. And there were some excellent stories in that collection that uh, I think really would be a lot of fun to read uh, and and were a lot of fun to read for me. Um, I I don't think I would enjoy it as much in actual December, but maybe like a a Christmas in July read was perfect. Or if you want to read something spooky come October, I think you'll enjoy this book. Uh, There are some stories that are, are kind of fun and cozy. There are others that are pretty horrifying And it's got something for everybody in that collection. And uh, I I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, Another book I read was called Tinsel, The Girls Who Saved Christmas by Cheval Pounder. And that's a young adult novel. I listened to the audiobook version, which I would recommend. The reader is is really, really, uh, she's got a lovely voice. Uh, But it's a story of, of the true story of Santa Claus. You know, it's almost like it gives an alternate history or an alternate version to the legend that we've come to know as the legend of Santa. And I won't say much more than that. I just, I think you should check it out and read it. Adults, it's written for YA audience, but you'll enjoy it. It was very fun and cozy. It was uh, a nice counterpoint to Wolfsbane and Mistletoe. And then uh, the third Christmas book I've read in June is the one we'll talk about in the interviews. Let's get up to the interview loft because I have three extremely talented writers on the podcast today to talk about their new book, Christmas Mittens Murder. I've got three amazing guests on the podcast today, and we're talking Christmas foods, mystery, and murders, and really memorable Christmases often combine all three. So coming out in September of 2023, a collection of cozy mysteries entitled Christmas Mittens Murder, headlined by Lee Hollis and the next entry in the Haley Powell series. Uh, then we have Lynn Cahoon, who is the uh, New York Times bestseller and author of the Kitchen Witch series. And last and certainly not least, the Agatha Award-winning author, Maddie Day, whose story introduces us to a new series. So welcome, everyone. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) In July. Christmas in July. That's right. 
it get is. all your shopping done. This is the best time to do it. Yeah. It is hot and humid outside. So what better way to bring in the uh, festive feelings than uh, turning to Christmas when it's super hot out. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, all three of you have a story coming out in a forthcoming anthology um, entitled Christmas Mittens Murder. And every year Kensington puts out a like a collection of holiday themed stories, which Lee, I believe that's actually how I came across the Haley Powell series. Didn't you do one just a few years ago as well? Uh, well yeah, we've done about six. Oh, okay. So <laughs> uh, with the Leslie Meyer and Barbara Ross. Right. Uh, and we've done uh, Yule Log Murder, Eggnog Murder, you know, you name mm-hmm. the holidays. I mean, any holiday. We, 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 I think we've done one. <laughs> we did Irish Coffee Murder for St. Paddy's Day recently. So this is a great way to get introduced to a series you might not be familiar with. I really don't like reading series out of order, but with a lot of these, you can, at least in the holiday collections, um, they seem to be fairly well self-contained. So if you want to try out a new series, you know, pick one of these up. I think it's great. Uh, and it's great reading for Christmas time because they're, they're shorter when during a time of year, when we don't always have a lot of time to sit and relax, it's perfect. I, I'm, kind of in awe because I I know at least two of you, I've read a lot of your work and let's see, Lynn, yours, this is the first time I've read you. So I, I, I really enjoyed your story uh, and can't, can't wait to get uh, to more in that series. Well, let's start with the, uh, I guess the, the bigger name on the book here. Um, (laughs) Barely, barely, (laughs) barely. Yeah. I gotta, gotta get out the, uh, uh, the ruler there to see who, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whose name is biggest. Well, your, yours is the first one there. We'll put it that way. Your name is is Rick and you write under the pen name of Lee Hollis. Um, tell us a little bit about your your writing journey, how you became a, an author. Uh, I started out when I was younger as a TV uh, script writer. And, and my first show was The Golden Girls. And, uh, and I worked on a lot of sitcoms and animation, but I was always drawn to murder mysteries. And so... Um, uh, I tried to sell a, a pilot to Universal and, and they didn't buy it. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a book. <laughs> and I did. Um, and it flopped. And, and the two other <laughs> in the series flopped as well. And so I took a break. But then um, uh, my editor at Kensington came back to me a few years later and said, you know, uh, my sister writes these these food columns in our local paper in Bar Harbor, Maine. And he goes, oh, you should you should write a series based on her. And so I brought her in with the recipes because I can't cook. Um, and so she does the columns and the recipes and and I write the, the mystery parts of the book. And uh, we've just kind of, we're, we're writing our 17th Haley Paul right now. Mm. Um, uh, wow. And uh, yeah, and, and it's been from there. I do another series without without her, well, but I use the Lee Hollis name. So, <laughs> but it's Lee, Lee Hollis is our middle names. Uh, oh, okay. Lee is her middle name and Hollis is my grandfather's name and my middle name. So that's that's how we came up with the pen name. But I just want to say that I have been such a fan of Edith and Lynn's and I love uh, when Kensington does these collections because even though we don't work t- technically together, I feel like we're a team and it's really fun. And so I'm very excited about this collection coming out. Hmm. With- and I yeah. love that they throw out a word like Christmas mittens. So everybody's mystery has to kind of work that in somehow. It's it's kind of like, who's going to, are two going to be similar? And what, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think each one of yours managed to be very different in how, <laughs> and how you use the, the mitten, uh, uh, the Christmas mitten. So uh, that, yeah, that's like each book will have a theme. Like I think it was eggnog murder was the first one I read uh, mm-hmm. of yours. And yeah. uh, you know, that was neat to see how, eggnog plays into each story now uh yeah so you you've uh written for hollywood you've written for for books do you like writing books better than screenplays uh i will say this you know what uh i what what i find fascinating is i actually do prefer writing books because i i find a freedom in it that it's not available when you're writing for a studio or a network um but i remain dumbfounded by people who just recently go which is er, which is easier, writing a screenplay or a book? And I'm like, there's no comparison. A book is much harder to write. <laughs> You're mm. 350 pages compared with describing everything and every detail. I just and so many people are honestly asked that question, and I'm like, 
no, no. Screenplays are easy. Books are challenging and, and uh, you know, yeah. it takes, you know, because a lot of uh, description and, and, and inner thoughts and things that you don't have to worry about in a screenplay, you just have to describe the action and the dialogue. Yeah, so, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 That's what the, I mean, that's what the actors and directors are for is to convey all that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's up in a book. You're creating the entire world, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Um, And then, uh, so what can you tell us about uh, your story in this collection? Again, it's called the death of a Christmas knit. No, death of a Christmas mitten knitter. Right. Yeah. No. (laughs) I, I, we always, because all our books have death of a, so I try to try to push it in that direction. Um, this, uh, in this story, I, it's at the, the church Christmas Bazaar, which is an actual event here in Bar Harbor. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, Haley and some of her friends have a gift basket contest of like, you know, for the raffle, they're having a big raffle. And there's two uh, warring knitting circles, the Crochet Mafia and the Happy Hookers. And they're at war with each other. And who's going to sell the, their baskets are full of these knitted mittens and scarves and things. And one, one, one circle accuses the other of stealing their idea. And then lo and behold, in the church cemetery outside, they found one of the knitters with, of course, a knitting needle <laughs> in her chest <laughs> and a mitten stuffed in her mouth, almost like the mafia, you know, sleeps with the fishes. Um, yeah. And uh, it's up to Haley to try to figure it all out, what happened and who's who's behind it all. And, and you know, it's always a, a crapshoot. I know uh, Lynn and Edith probably, you know, every book you try to like pick a killer or pick pick a result that people aren't going to guess. And that's the always the hardest part, but it's almost the most fun part. And so, and this one, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with, with the surprise ending, so to speak. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'll say um, for all three of you, I, I didn't guess the whodunit in any one of your stories. So. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> although that, that might be a, 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 a dubious compliment though, because I, I can never guess them anyway. So. <laughs> Usually, but that's always our goal, isn't it? Like to, yeah. we have to play fair with the, this is Maddie. We have right. to play fair with the readers, but um, we also want to surprise them at the end. So kind of a, you know, you've got to let, you've got to ease in those little bits so that when they are surprised at the end, they can go, oh, that's what that was about. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, And sometimes, I mean, sometimes I can figure it out but it's more of the why or how you know that it's still kind of i'm stumped on so uh if i were a private detective i would just be a terrible one <laughs> was it you no was it you no okay uh what's you know <laughs> trying to figure it out but um and then uh rick i think i i saw you have a new um novel coming out in the Haley powell series is it is that coming yes. out soon Yes, we have uh, a death of a clam digger. So there'll be a lot of clam recipes, mm-hmm. <laughs> fried clams and um, chowders and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that'll be out in July. So that's the next Haley Powell um, uh, mystery. Uh, and it, it's kind of a Hatfields and McCoys, uh, two families. I lo- I'm into the warring factions, I guess, lately. Um, yeah. And there's two seafood businesses in town, and and they're trying to like claim the rights of where they can clam for, you know, dig for clams in town, and then somebody ends up dead. That's as is part of the rules of our game, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, well, I uh, I gotta try hard to make sure to give you all each time here, but uh, well, I'll I'll circle back with any more questions that come to mind, but. Let's uh, let's look at uh, Lynn's story next. Now, uh, Lynn, you you wrote one called Two Christmas Mittens," and it takes place in Magic Springs, Idaho, and that's part of the the witch uh, witch kitchen witch series. Is that kitchen, right? Kitchen witch series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what can you tell us about about that series? Uh, that series is you, she's a, she's an amateur witch, so she's a witch in training. And she really doesn't want to deal with it, but her grandmother needs to pass on the wisdom. So her mother said, yeah, no, I don't want it. So Mia has to step in and and appease her grandmother because she loves her. So she moves up to Magic Springs from Boise, which is the major uh, city in in Idaho, if you don't count Coeur d'Alene. 
um, it's my old stomping grounds. It's where I was from. So it seemed like a logical place to place this. And Magic Springs is up in the mountains and it's all pretty and white and or green and magical. And so that's why I set it there. Um, but me as a caterer and because it's a little town, uh, it's near Sun Valley. So you have some some people around and they've got some ski resorts and all of that, but it's a little town. So you kind of have to do everything. You know, you have to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So in order to save her uh, catering business, Mia has started doing deli home deliveries and she does a cooking school. And finally, the lodge, which is the major business in town, has told her that they're not going to use her anymore, her company anymore. They're going to hire a catering director. So she takes a job. And in Christmas mittens, she is coming from the worst Christmas party ever because <laughs> The, the guy who runs the the hotel has hired his girlfriend's catering place so that the real people wouldn't, you know, the, the real employees wouldn't have to work. So they have just horrible food and they're griping about it. And um, as they're leaving, they um, there's three of them. There's there's Christina, who is immortal, but she's Mia's best friend. And then there's also Mia's kind of almost mother-in-law, but she, they're not married yet. So, you know, Abigail. And so they're leaving and Christina walks by and says, oh, here's a mitten. She picks up the mitten and everybody goes, oh my God, drop that. No, wait. Oh crap. You already picked it up. Well, the mittens have a a problem with them because they have the story that every Christmas these two mittens come out and they have the power to kill somebody. So they're thinking that Christine is going to be killed, but then they find the dead body. So it's, you know, they have to, you know, Mia and, and Abigail, they have to find, you know, who killed, you know, the actual victim and why. And then they have to figure out how to save Christina because Gran has put her in under a spell to keep her from dying. And so she's laying in the bathtub covered with green gook. <laughs> and then Christina's mom wants to talk to her because her mom wants her to marry this other guy. And, you know, so you've just got all this family stuff, which always happens at Christmas. And mm -hmm. you've got all this magic stuff, which Mia doesn't understand because she didn't know about the mittens either. You know, everybody else goes, oh, my God, you touched a mitten. But she didn't know, you know. And so it's just it's just really fun where they kind of have to figure out all three of these things together and save Christina. Mm hmm. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, have you have you guys had access to each other's stories or will this be a surprise for you to read when they come out? OK, I have I have advanced copies, but I haven't taken the time to read the other two novellas yet. Okay. I always like to wait until we get the audio book and then I love to drive around and listen to the other two stories. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't got my advanced copies yet. So. Okay. Well, I got one right here. <laughs> I know. I saw him on the, the, um, on social media. And so I emailed uh, the publicist and said, Hey, here's mine. I'm an author yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, now, uh, Lynn, again, your series, I haven't read yet, but I enjoyed your story so much. I went and put, uh, I'm going to go back and read the ones you have published. Uh, I, I love Idaho. I've been there a few times. It's so beautiful. Um, that's one of the things I like about cozies is the, it feels like almost a vacation for your brain at times too. You can mm -hmm. get a chance to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And that's that's one of the reasons I, I started reading cozies when I was going through cancer treatment back in the day. It's yeah. been a long time. I'm fine. It's not a problem. Um, but it was something that I could pick up, read a little bit and then put down and it wouldn't have, you know, graphic murder in it wouldn't have the, the the autopsy scene and all those things yet it kept you thinking about things and places to visit and so when I um got better that's what I started writing was that cozy feel because I love having all those characters and all those families and the people who you know you can't you love to hate you know <laughs> uh -huh. and so that's that's 
why I love Cozy so much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you get into writing, Lynn? Um, actually, it was that turn of, I've always wanted to, but, you know, Boise State didn't, where I grew up and where I went, where I, my alma mater, I guess, um, didn't have a writing degree. It had an English degree and I had a journalism degree and I didn't want to talk to people. So I went into political science, which you do. And um, so then 40 years later, or 20, 20 years later, um, I decided that I wanted to pick it up again. And it writing for me is, I, I'm such a learner. And writing is such a job that you always are learning something. You're learning the craft, you're learning the process, you're learning the marketing, you're learning, you know, there's always something new. You're learning your character's occupations so that you can be more um, genuine when you're writing them. And it's just, it's just something I love doing because of that process of learning. So in 2013, I believe, Kensington picked up um, my... Um, Guidebook to Murder, which is the first of my tourist trap. No, yes, yes, my tourist trap series, and um, it is going on to number eighteen. Some, you know, next year in the future. So, uh, it's it's just something that um, that series has really grabbed a hold of my readers, and since then I've written like four or five more series. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you've been busy. Uh, I, I, I gotta say, uh, for, uh, uh, it's gotta be really satisfying to see your, your series last so long, you know, 18, 20 books. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I've had, a, I've had a couple that, um, uh, the, the farm to fork series, uh, which is also set in Idaho where she's a, a, a farm to table chef. It, it was complete at, um, six plus three novellas and, I was, you know, I was a little sad about that because it was so different in tone than all of my other series. Cause it was more, I don't want to say more serious, but it was more, it was more serious, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and so every series has a different feel for me. It's like visiting different people, you know, around the country. I have two set in Idaho. I have one set in California. I have one set in Colorado. Um, I just did a um, novella series that's set in New Orleans because I loved it and I knew that there was a story there <laughs> when I visited. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's really satisfying. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, oh, and they're and they're always fun to read too. So, yes. <laughs> and yeah. they're fun to write. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maddie Day uh, is the pen name for uh, Edith Maxwell. And uh, I, I, I thought I read, do you have other pen names too? Or is, is Maddie Day your, your main one? That's my main one. I had, I wrote two books under the name Taste Baker, my first okay. and third mysteries, but they've been reissued as Edith Maxwell books. So Taste is, she was a professor. I mean, she wrote about a professor. Anyway, she's on permanent sabbatical. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> love it uh you are uh uh let's see an agatha award winner um yeah i i've been reading your uh cape cod series uh which i've enjoyed mm -hmm. thoroughly um Thank you. And, and so it's, it's great to have you on and you are uh looks like starting a new series uh with murderous mittens being the first uh story in that series um that's right yeah, what can you tell us about your your series, this new one you're starting? Sure. Yeah. So I just just circle back just for a minute. So I have mm -hmm. I'm just about to turn in the sixth book in the Cozy Capers book group mysteries, the Cape set on Cape Cod. And I have um I've turned in eleven or possibly twelve in the country store mysteries. And that that was I've had two novellas, two Christmas novellas, the Christmas Scarf Murder and Christmas Cocoa Murder mm -hmm. with two other authors. Um, but last year, sometime, my editor at Kensington said, we'd like you to write a series set on the West Coast. And 
I'm a fourth generation Californian. I have lived in Massachusetts now longer than I lived in California, but that's <laughs> that's where I'm from. Like I'm a mm -hmm. Californian. And I said, I can do that. Like <laughs> finally I get to write a series in California. Um and my aunt and uncle, who for decades and decades have just 60 years have lived in San Francisco, um about well 50 years ago they built a house up in the alexander valley about about 90 minutes north of san francisco it's a it's like napa's little unknown sister it's a really really fertile wine producing valley and they have a house up on the hill made of adobe and um i thought yep we're gonna have somebody who manages a wine bar <laughs> so i invented cc barton and um a little town called Colinas, which means hills. And it's generally in the Alexander Valley, but if you try to really situate it, uh, there really isn't quite room for it. But, you know, whatever. I write fiction. That's what we do. We make up towns and we kind of squeeze them in geographically. Um, and the first book, Murder on Court, will be out in October. But in the novella, when my editor said the novella was going to come out before the first book. I thought, well, then that we have to have Cece's origin story. How does she get to Colinas? Like how, what's going on there? Um, um, so she's a 42 year old widow. She has a daughter in college. Um, she's been living in Pasadena and goes up the week before Christmas to spend Christmas with her twin sister, Allie, who lives in Colinas with her husband and her twin boys who are 10. Um, so there's a lot of twins in the family. And um, um, Allie runs a B&B and &B an old Victorian, and um, which there are in California, not a lot, not as many as on the East Coast, but there are old houses. Um, and She's also a real estate agent, and her business gets really busy that week before Christmas. So she sends Cece down to the wine bar in the historic complex of buildings. And Cece's having a glass of wine, four in the afternoon, and she starts talking with a woman who's sitting on a stool next to her, whose name is Cam Flaherty. Now, this, this is just this wonderful integration of my writing because my first Kensington series was written as Edith Maxwell and it was the local foods mysteries. So there were five books set on an organic farm right here in my Northeast corner of Massachusetts. Um, and they've been reissued as Maddie Day eBooks, those five books, because they were basically out of print. Um, and my editor said, well, you could loop Cam into the novella. I said, I can do that. That's my mantra when John asked me to do something. I said, I can do that, usually. Um, so this is Cam Flaherty, who was a protagonist in the Local Foods Mysteries. And she is out in California just doing some research on organic farms, like innovative farming techniques in California, which is often the innovator. Um, and they get to talking. And the next morning, um, they learn Cece's sister tells them that the um the woman who manages the wine bar has been killed has been murdered so cam has a lot of experience solving murders her last one was three years earlier mm. um and so she and Cece, and then but Allie is a suspect um Cece's twin sister and that we can't have that so Allie, I mean, Cece and Cam get to work trying to figure out who bonked this person on the head with a bocce ball in a mitten, <laughs> in a stretchy mitten. <laughs> That's not too much of a spoiler. You get to that pretty early in the right. novella. Um, because mittens, we got to have mittens, right? So um, that's the murder weapon. Because there's a bocce court outside this historical complex where the where the wine bar is, and then of course the wine bar manager is dead, and Allie keeps saying, "Don't you want to move up here? Like your daughter's already in college, and don't you want to be near your nephews and your family?" And so by the end of the novella, Cece's going to take the job as the wine bar manager and move to Colinas, and that starts the series of that'll be the Cece Barton mysteries.
Mm-hmm. So that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, especially it, it always seems like, you know, in cozy mysteries, when the protagonist gets caught up in it, they just know what to do to try to solve it. But I, I really liked that CC was kind of like, I don't know how to solve a mystery, but I could better figure it out. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. She's got that, what Barb Ross calls that VGR, the very good reason, which is yeah. what all of our amateur sleuths have to have. Like, right. Right. If you found a body on the street, you wouldn't go, huh, poison, stroke, murder. <laughs> you know, you back away and call 911 and then hope you never have to, you know, see another one. But this is what amateur sleuths do in mysteries. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that. Um, she's trying to learn how to do this and and not always successfully, which created a lot of fun scenes. I'm sure uh, they were to write. <laughs> They were they were fun. It was I had a lot of fun writing that and writing the first book. And she has a lot of sort of confidence issues, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's going to be her growth opportunity over the series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how did how did you become a writer? What uh, how did you get into this? Wow. I mean, I've always been a writer. I loved writing fiction as a child. I won a short story contest for kids in the Pasadena Star News when I was nine. I got paid $2 for the Viking girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have it in my scrapbook. Um, And then I, but then I got into sort of journalism in high school and college. And then I traveled a lot and I got a doctorate in linguistics. And And you had to talk to people. (laughs) <laughs> to talk to people. I'm actually good at talking to people. I, I'll talk to people forever. So I, that's not a problem. Excellent. Um, but I didn't get back to it. And I had a career as a software technical writer. But I I started writing a mystery when my younger son, I was home with my kids for a while, farming and teaching childbirth classes. And I, I started writing a mystery. And I'd been reading a lot of cozies. I'd been reading cozies with, with recipes. So Catherine Hall Page and the the China Bale series, um, and I th- and I really liked reading, and also write, reading Sarah Paretsky and Sue Grafton, but reading female sleuths, either PIs or amateur sleuths, and I that I I really realized what I love to read, so why not spend my time writing a book like that? Um, then I I kind of I then I got a full time job as a tech writer in high tech. And I really couldn't hold this novel that I hadn't finished in my head while I was raising two kids and I was in an unhappy marriage. And it's just like, but I worked on short stories. I joined Sisters in Crime. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really tried to work my craft. And um, when I got laid off that job after 14 years, I have all this time. Like, you can't look for a job eight hours a day. So uh, I got back to work on on writing novels. And then when I did get another job, it was four-fifths time. So I had write, writing Fridays. And um, I left my last day job in 2013, and I just couldn't be happier writing mm-hmm. writing three or four books a year and a couple of short stories. Yeah. And the occasional novella. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, did you say you, you got your doctorate? I did. I have a doctorate in linguistics. Long, dusty, long, dusty, but um, it's yeah. an accomplishment. Yeah. Like the one time I ran a marathon and finished an accomplishment, like sort of a life accomplishment. But right. Not something I'm going to do very often. <laughs> well, that's neat. Uh, I, I love I love hearing the stories behind, you know, the authors and and everyone's path and journey has been different. It's it's so neat. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Again, these stories are collected in the Christmas Mittens Murder, uh, which is coming out near the end of September. I uh, want to thank Kensington for sending me an advanced reader copy. Uh, and sorry, Lynn, you didn't get yours yet. but <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this is really enjoyable and one I would, I will recommend um, uh, my listeners to, to keep an eye out for. Um well, we we've talked a little bit about the uh, the the murder side of Christmas, I suppose, but uh, we also like to to hear the stories of of what makes Christmas special uh, for you guys. Uh, many of us share so many wonderful memories around uh, this holiday, uh, but let's uh, since I, I think <clears throat> all of your series, or at least you've had some series, kind of touch on food. Uh, for me, food is a big part of Christmas, uh, which is why I always make my New Year's resolution to diet. 
know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but let's let's talk about some of our favorite foods that we have at Christmas time. And uh, if you have, if you'd be willing to, uh, if you even had a recipe for them, I could share with the listeners. That would be great. You know, I know some recipes are very top secret. Uh, so I, I'm not necessarily looking for uh, any family secrets here. But uh, Rick, let's start with you. What kind of uh, foods do you like around Christmas time? Well, this is completely self-serving because <laughs> we're working on a book uh, that right now we're writing, which will be out next Christmas, called Death of a Gingerbread Man. And I love gingerbread houses. And so the murder is taking place at a gingerbread house contest. And uh, But if I have any gingerbread, it always has to come with spiked eggnog. I love spiked eggnog. <laughs> and uh, next to a warm fire. And that is, and you know, it's, 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 it's a little sad now because I grew up in Maine and, and Bar Harbor, a little cozy little town that Christmas was such a big deal. And now I live in Palm Springs where it's 85 degrees every Christmas and it just doesn't have that same feeling. So I try to recreate it, but, um, uh, but yeah, just not the same. Uh, so I, I have my memories and I still have the, the eggnog and gingerbread cookies. So that's mm. me. Yeah. I, a couple of years ago, for whatever reason, I just started eating gingerbread cookies and mm. I'm like, these are so good. <laughs> Why are they suddenly so good? Uh, and I don't know what that, if it's just an age thing or what, but I, I can't get enough of them now. So, uh, yeah. And I, uh, love eggnog. Uh, so I, I know some people, you either love it or hate it. And I, I don't oh understand. Good. All right. <laughs> um, I, I've oh. been known to, to to kick a guest off that for not liking it, but no, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> all right, better gotta get you kick you off here. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, what I love, um, I found this old picture of me when I was five years old. I was making gingerbread cookies with my grandma, and and it just brought back all these memories I had of of doing that. So that's was always a fun mm -hmm. tradition. Let's see, Lynn, what kind of uh, foods do you like at Christmas time? Oh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> My mother was the best cook ever. We had five in our family. Then she had a half, I have a half sister. And then she married someone with two boys. But they were, I was kind of like one of the youngest besides my half sister. So they were all big. They were already families they were, and they would all come to the house and we'd have this huge spread. We'd have a turkey. We'd have a ham. We'd have mashed potatoes, which was my favorite ever. Um, and then, you know, and it was always just this really big event. You know, my mom was a saint to put on that kind of event. I can't even think about doing it. But my sister... Um, and this is probably a controversy with some people. My sister started bringing uh, fresh cranberry sauce. Mm. And we had always been, because I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and we'd already been the, the canned, the, where you put it on the plate, and then you slice it, and you can still see the the can measurements on it, you know. So um, I didn't like the fresh cranberry sauce until I started making it myself. And then I just fell in love with that and I'll eat it, you know, any time of the year on anything because it's just, mm -hmm. it's spicy and sweet and tangy and all of those good things. Like, like a really good Coke is, you know, so mm -hmm. um, for me, it's, it's that. And then the cookie, my favorite treat um, is that cookie is a snowball cookie mm -hmm. and they're called they're by a whole bunch of different names they're italian wedding cookies and they're or italian something cookies and they're mexican wedding cookies and i just call them snowballs and it's just like and they're powdered they've got powdered sugar all so you can't sneak them you know because as soon as you bite into it the <laughs> all yeah <laughs> yeah so, but that's my favorite cookie, you know, and, and, oh, and you yeah. also have, you always have to have turkey and ham, but I think that was because we were such a large family, <laughs> you couldn't get a big enough ham or a big enough turkey. So we had both. So now it's really right. hard for me if I don't have both on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We, growing up, we, we, we would have turkey. And then when I got married, my wife had always had ham. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I joke that we compromised and we have ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, 
Yeah, That's it's good. funny because you can you you know my husband and I grew up same place same same town general town same everything and you know I he's a, a Manny's person I'm a miracle whip person he's a whole milk person I'm a two percent person he's a butter person I'm you know I'm a margarine person so yeah we compromise we have whole milk and butter and <laughs> Manny's <now>. yeah <laughs> well and. Kind of the same with uh, uh, that cranberry sauce. You know, I, I grew up just having it out of the can. I loved it. And when I got married and, you know, my wife's family would make the homemade cranberry and I uh, relish, I guess they call it. And I'm like, oh, I just, I just don't like it. I don't know. I, I know it's better. Like it, it probably tastes better or it's at least better for you. I don't know. But something about just, you know, plopping it out of the can and uh, slicing it. Yep. And putting it on a pretty plate to make it pretty. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, in fact, I think uh, right behind me, the china cabinet here, we've got the the cranberry plate. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, my wife doesn't mind so much. You know, she's like, with all the stuff we're baking at Christmas time, if there's one thing I can cut out to make stuff easier, this is, this will, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Uh, yeah. Um, Edith, how about how about you? What kind of uh, foods do you enjoy at Christmas time? Well, my mom was not a spectacular savory cook. I mean, she produced dinners for you know family of six every night, but mm. she never really enjoyed it. She was not a talented cook, but she could bake. Oh my God, could she bake? So, and my I have two older sisters, and the four of us would be in there baking Christmas cookies, you know, for several weeks with Mexican bride cakes, which we make flat, press them in, cut them into squares, um, gingerbread people, um, which I decorate with chocolate chips because it's easier than frosting them. And um, let's see, all different kinds. Some One of my grandmother's recipe for um, English butter cookies that you, you know, you roll out and cut out with different shapes, right? Reindeer and stars and Santas. And the other one is um, red sugar cookies, which has a, it's got a an hard-boiled egg yolk in it. And my dad used to say that how short they were, like lots and lots and lots of real butter. So when I was growing up, we we only had margarine except at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, because those deserved real butter. Um, as an adult, I haven't had margarine in decades. I just rejected <laughs> all that. No margarine. We only make, um, you know, real cranberry sauces from scratch with some orange and a different one of my sons. I have two adult sons who are great cooks and they'll experiment and that's fine. Just don't touch my um, turkey stuffing. <laughs> oh, that's yes. But yes. we actually don't, we don't have a tradition of turkey at, at Christmas. Um, that's Thanksgiving, which that's really my favorite. I'm waiting to be asked to write a Thanksgiving novella because boy, I can do that. Um, I should tell John. Um, but it, after I, in 2002, I got divorced from that difficult, unpleasant husband and, and my sons were in high school. And I said, you guys, we need to, let's do a new tradition. And they both loved sushi. And I lived in Japan for a couple of years teaching English. Um, so we made sushi and that was, we started a new tradition of making our homemade sushi, um, for Christmas, either we alternated, so either I had them on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, or I had them on Christmas Day, my sons. Um, and we still do that when we can. Mm. I don't get them both home together at Christmas very often anymore. But um, but the baking, I mean, I just have to do all that baking every year, even if nobody's coming. You know, I can give away cookies. Who doesn't want some Christmas cookies on a plate? Right. Um, it's interesting. My All my other Cozy series have had recipes in them. And the C.C. Barton mysteries don't, um, which is kind of odd. I'm so used to, oh, i got to scramble. I'll see how many recipes do I have? Um, but I I can't help myself from describing the food that people eat. And, you know, it's wonderful in California, and there's lots of Mexican, you know, Mexican-American sort of tradition and fresh produce. And so I'm, I've had a ball describing the food, even though I don't include recipes in this series. Yeah, I, I picked up on that. There was a, a, a tamale cart, I think, 
in, in your story. Yeah, at the yeah, farmer's market. At the farmer's right. market, which yep. also kind of threw me off because, you know, here in Iowa, we have farmer's markets in summer. If we had it in December, we'd freeze. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, California. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, uh, that too hot for Christmas time for me, for my taste. So <laughs> yeah. Northern right. California is a lot cooler than where, than where sure. Rick lives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. We, we go crazy baking cookies and we, we've started having to wait because, uh, you know, to get closer to Christmas before we start, because otherwise we'll demolish them all off. And, you yeah. know, my solution is, well, we'll just make more, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're pretty busy doing other things too. So it's like, okay, maybe we'll wait till a little bit closer, but yeah. But then, uh, you know, we have so many cookies. We like to share them with neighbors or some of the folks. We have a retirement home here in town. We know some folks there and can go and bring them cookies. And, uh, it, it's amazing. They, they think you're like the world's greatest person for bringing a plate of cookies. And yeah. it's like, really, you guys are doing us the favor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Eat these. <laughs> Great. What about uh, like uh, Christmas drinks? Uh, I, like I said, my favorite is eggnog. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I just like eggnog. But is there a special holiday drink that you would enjoy? Uh, Rick, let's start with you. And if you don't, that's fine. Well, I love, you know, like a, a, a cocoa, you know, like a Christmas cocoa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh uh, but yeah, but as I said earlier, like my, the, the number, the go-to is this, the, the hot, the eggnog with the, with the bourbon, with whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whipped cream, everything on top. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Lynn, how about? Well, I will up um, Rick's <laughs> with some hot chocolate and whipped cream and just a splash of Kahlua in there. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's I love good. that. I'll be right so, over. <laughs> it, makes, it makes the morning go just a little smoother, you know. <laughs> I love that. I like a, a hot mulled wine in the winter when it's cold. Mm-hmm. So you mull it with cinnamon and cloves and I don't know what else and some red wine. And, you know, um, I mean, you can make hot mulled cider, but hot mulled wine is kind of more interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I really, I'm so short and I have no metabolism. So if I start drinking eggnog, I just got to be a house. <laughs> I'm only five feet tall. So I really, uh, <laughs> I have to watch the eggnog. I love eggnog, you know, and lots of bourbon in it. Yeah. I, but I can't do too much of that. Half a, half a cup. Half yeah. a cup. The other yeah. one that it begins with a G and it's, I, I got it at a Christmas market in Vienna. My, my friends were like, oh, you have to try it. It's a, do you know what that one's called? It's it's definitely like a mulled wine type of drink. Glug. 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 Yes. Yes. That's Glug. it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to another podcast. Uh, it's called uh, Lit for Christmas. And their tagline is that something like uh, the holidays are lit and so are the hosts. And <laughs> uh, I, I've had Marty on the podcast before. And, and what he does is they talk about Christmas literature and and drink different beverages that kind of tie into the literature they're they're talking about that night. And I, I myself, I'm not a, a, a drinker, but I really I, I enjoy their podcast quite a bit. It's, <laughs> uh, it always sounds really, really good. Uh, what they're drinking and, and the stories they're talking about. So now uh, once we can uh, sober up a little bit now from <laughs> all of this, but <laughs> uh, other part, uh, big parts of Christmas that kind of we incorporate into our, our stories are um, like movies and music books. Do you, do you folks have any kind of traditions around some of your favorite Christmas uh, movies or books or uh, music, things like that? Um, Rick, we'll go ahead and, mm. Start with well, you. I do have a favorite Christmas song. I love, and I, I, I like the cheesy share version, <laughs> but um, I love Christmas, baby, please come home. That's like my favorite song, and I constantly play it during the holidays. That's, mm-hmm. um, and as for movies, I mean, I'm not, Christmas is time is the best time because you're too full to move, so you might as well just put a movie on. But yeah. I, and I know this is cliche, and there's not even Christmas really much in it, but. 
It's Sound of Music every year. I like to watch the Sound of Music. That's great. Oh, that's great. And Hitchcock. Yeah. And Hitchcock, because we're mystery writers, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Lynn? Yeah. For me, and it it's weird, but my favorite movie is One Magic Christmas. And it starts with an unemployed family who's losing their home. And then the... Um, bank is robbed the hut the father is killed and the kids are kidnapped and that's the start of this wonderful christmas movie where santa comes and there's an angel and and i think it's because i'm a mystery writer and that's what i what i see is you take you know something bad and it turns into something good um and so it is about the magic you know too and and about how if you truly believe, and that's the point of the story, if you truly believe, things will turn out right. So it kind of is a time travel too. So, you know, one situation comes and then comes back and it's another one. So, but I'm also really big on um, the Santa Claus movie, the Santa Claus movies. Mm-hmm. I'll watch all of those. They're totally inappropriate for today's, today's political climate. But they're just so funny. And I just love the idea of a dad trying to figure out how to be more to his son, you know, that he lost mm-hmm. in the in the in the fact that he in the divorce, he lost him in the divorce because he was too focused on his own self um, and his business. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm a big one on all Christmas music. Um, Mannheim Steamroller, it's the best one to go shopping with because you just plug it in, you can sing along. Um, Any carols, religious or otherwise, but there's um, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree um, has a special memory for me because I used to work for um, Department of Health and Welfare in Idaho, and we'd have these big Christmas banquets. I mean, it was huge. And I'm all about the food, you know, you can tell um, in my books and in person. But we'd have these big and everybody would bring their favorite Christmas stuff. And at the end of it, we'd, you know, get up and we'd make all of the new people get up and sing songs. And one of the songs that the Christmas songs, you know, because we sang Christmas songs. And one of the songs that they had to sing was Rocking Around the Christmas Tree because one of the supervisors was from that generation and he just adored that song. So it was, we'd had, we have, you know, the, the carols and everything and you, they definitely don't do that now, but, you know, it was just a nice time to get together with friends. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can make my bit short because I don't, I don't, I don't watch Christmas movies. I don't watch mm-hmm. any Christmas movies. And I'm always feeling kind of left out because everybody is going, oh, I watch this and I put in this and here's my tradition and no. Mm-hmm. But I always do look forward to the, the call the midwife Christmas special. And that is like, oh, I don't yeah. watch, I don't watch much television, but call the midwife. I'm a, my favorite show uh, PBS or whatever it's on now um, and every on Christmas night every year they have their Christmas special um, and the, the season doesn't start till March or so so it's like a woody I get a little, a little hit of Call the Midwife um, and you know as Edith Maxwell I have seven books historical mysteries the Quaker midwife mysteries so mm-hmm. that's a world I that I know pretty well of midwifery Um I do love singing carols. I love singing in groups. I mean, I'm not a, I can carry a tune. I don't have a particularly fancy voice, but I love singing in groups. Stemming from way back Girl Scout camp, you know, there's hundred of us in the lunchroom, in the lunch hall singing after meals. And it just uh, makes me cry. Um, So my, I'm a, I go to the Quaker meeting here. That's my church. And we oddly have a once a year where we have a program. So at, Otherwise, we're an unprogrammed meeting, so we sit in silence on Sunday morning. Um, but at Christmas, we do the ceremony of lessons and carols, and we read the little lesson, and everybody sings carols together. Mm. And that's just in our historic meeting house. It's absolutely mm. heartwarming. I love doing that. I never miss it. Mm. That's that's, that yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I also forgot to say that I'll 
probably watch every Hallmark Christmas movie <laughs> made this year or any other year, but I tape them so that I can say, okay, have I watched this one yet? Did I like it? If I liked it, I save it. And then I watch it later. Nice. Yeah. I hate them. No, I, that's, that makes me sound old. Huh? <laughs> I, around, but Lynn, aren't they on the year round now too? They just they, <laughs> keep making They, they like are, this, but like this podcast. it's like Christmas in July. Christmas in July really gets Hallmark going. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Great. I always think I want to, uh, and I've watched a couple Hallmark here and there, but it, it's almost to the point where I don't know, like, where do I start? There's so many. And <laughs> somebody said, just, just pick one. I mean, they're all the same. So just pick one. <laughs> Somebody's going to fall in love over, over the holiday under the mistletoe. <laughs> right. Well, I'm here for that though. I mean, I, I it's cliched, but yeah, that's, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Wonderful. But yeah, there are, you're in good company, Lynn. There's, there's a lot of Hallmark fans that listen to my show too. So, uh, they'll be running to the, uh, uh, to the TV, but I, I had to laugh though, when you said you, you taped them because I, I knew exactly what you meant, but I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I, I bet kids today might not remember what that means even. <laughs> yeah. It shows my age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. My, my, uh, my brother still says that, um, the VHS is a superior form of, of movie co uh, consuming. And like, I, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> yeah, the VHS was never a superior form. <laughs> well, he, he's. Like he's, the eight track. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it left really quickly. <laughs> it did. Yeah. All right. Well, to, uh, to start wrapping things up here, we'll go through and let's, uh, I'd like to share just a uh, maybe a Christmas memory or a tradition that you've had uh, that really means a lot to you. And I know some of you have kind of shared some already. So if you want to add to that, that's fine. Or pick a, something else too, that works. But uh, Rick, you want to go ahead and get us started on that? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, I pretty much all my traditions are out there, but um, I always, it's just uh, my mother lives in Florida, so I don't really uh, get to see her. So whenever I do see her for Christmas, um it's a special time uh and actually uh, the reason i'm here in maine is it's her 80th birthday and we're all coming home to our hometown to and we're going to, to nova scotia where she was uh, her mother was from and we're going to go over and look at that but uh in palm springs it's like just being with friends being with my friends is always just such a treat and sharing a big wonderful meal and lots of wine and and it's just that's that's the best christmas i can think of mm-hmm uh, Lynn, how about you? I think my best Christmas memory was the year that I painted. We didn't have a fireplace in our house, in our new house. And my boy was young. He's probably three at the time. So I kept asking how Santa Claus, you know, three to five, probably oh. how Santa Claus was going to find him because we didn't have a fireplace in this new house. So I painted a fireplace on cardboard and we put it up on the door, you know, Christmas Eve. And as you do, you put him to bed and then I cleaned up and did some stuff. And I got up later to stuff the stockings, hoping that he'd be asleep. And I found him in the corner where he could see the, the door in the fireplace and he was waiting for Santa. So he would oh. surprise him. And I just love that memory because it was, he was just so enthralled with the idea that Santa was going to come through that door. <laughs> <laughs> or come through that's, that that's a great memory Lynn yeah yeah, yeah. lovely yeah so my uh, memory is a is a relatively new one um one of my two daughters-in-law is Jewish and um she and my son live now just about two hours to the west of here in Massachusetts um so I see them more often than my son and his wife who live in Puerto Rico um and sometimes uh, Christmas overlaps with Hanukkah. And so um, when they were living in Maryland, um, I actually I bought a, a menorah and the candles so they didn't she didn't have to schlep it up with her. Um, and it's so beautiful at the end of the day um, to be with her as she's lighting the candles. And there's that lovely um, 
sort of sung prayer that they that she does. Um, Ah, it just makes me choke up even thinking about it. But mm -hmm. it's such a rich tradition. And even though it's not a particularly religious holiday for Jews, um, I love that she observes it and we make latkes. And, um, but just that it's getting, you know, that light is dim at whatever, four o'clock, whenever it's getting dark in Massachusetts in December. And she's lighting the candle and we're just standing around and she's singing this prayer. And, um, so it's a, a, um, a Christmas season, new memory that we've added to our family, and it just makes me so happy. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's uh, well, one of the reasons I started a Christmas podcast is I, I love traditions and love hearing about them. Um, you know, especially, I mean, there there's a lot of truth when we tell people happy holidays, because there's more than just Christmas happening, you know, and uh, and that's, and I love finding out about those things like that. Um, yeah, that sounds really beautiful. It is. Uh, well, uh, you all have made me hungry and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm feeling all warm and cozy now too. So mission accomplished. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, again, the book is called, uh, Christmas Mittens Murder. It's coming out on September 26th, uh, this fall. So be on the lookout for that as well as, uh, any of their series. I, uh, have enjoyed what I've read from you all so far. Let's uh, kind of go in order again. Uh, just real quick, tell us about your website or where we can find books, uh, whatever you want to promote. Uh, Rick, we'll, we'll start with you again. Uh, yes, you can go to leehollismysteries.com or rickcop.com and, and uh, all our books are there. Um, and uh, be on the lookout for, yeah, the uh, death of a clam digger coming out in July. And then, uh, uh, after that, a, um, a new Mayan Sandra, another series I do, uh, and that'll be Murder at the Spelling Bee, which will be coming out next year. Oh, fun. <laughs> All right, Lynn? Okay, um, I am at lynncahoon.com, and it's C-A-H-O-O-N. They told me to change my name, but I didn't, so that's my real name, and, and so that's what you get. Um, but I've got everything up there. I have a new uh, Survivors Book Club mystery coming out just before the Christmas Mittens murder, um, the first Tuesday of September, whatever that is. And um, it is called Death in the Romance Isle because she's a bookstore owner and unfortunately her romance specialist um, has an issue, so. Awesome. Maddie. Yeah. So I can be found at edithmaxwell.com or maddiedayauthor.com. I hope people will come find me as part of the Wicked Authors at wickedauthors.com and um, at Mystery Lovers Kitchen. I'm on there every second and fourth Friday. And there's 12 of us who write cozies with recipes and we offer an original recipe every day mm. of the month. Um, so murder at a cape bookstore my next cozy capers book group mystery will be out at the end of august um the novella collection end of october murder uncorked at the end of no novella collection end of september murder uncorked the first cc barton mystery at the end of october and then um deep fried deaths my next country store mystery comes out at the end of december so it's a busy <laughs> book release fall for me. Um, wow. And I hope people will come and sign up for my newsletter on my website and and come and say hi on social media. All right. This is, and thank you, Art. This has just been so much fun. Yes, thanks, yeah, Art. That was my Definitely. fellow authors and youth you. Yeah. Yeah. This has this has been a blast. I, I um thought about interviewing each each of you individually but then i thought well you're all in a book together let's let's just get you all on together and see writers spend works. so much time alone it's great to be with other people <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's on a screen <laughs> yeah yeah i ha i hadn't met rick before so when we were at left coast crime in um arizona this yes. this march I stalked him down and said, hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm like, <laughs> I love those events. I love those events. Yeah. 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 Now there's one out East. Is it called like uh murder domestic or Malice something like domestic. that? Malice in, domestic. In, in domestic. Bethesda, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's in North Bethesda. But VoucherCon is in San Diego in August, and I'll be there. I will, sure. too. Yeah. Yeah, great. Oh, good. I'll meet you there. Yeah. I won't I won't be there until Nashville, which is 2024. So <laughs> oh right. Right. Well, we, we need more uh Midwest mystery conventions, whatever you want to call it. Um uh, mm. uh that's i i always feel overlooked. We got some out east, some out west, and it's like, what about us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to do out here but read books. So <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for coming on um i know you're busy and i appreciate it um and look forward to reading more of your work in the future so thank you so much thank you Bye. take care everybody bye thank you so much i want to thank larissa at kensington for helping me organize these three writers. I know all three of them are very busy. It means the world to me that you three took time out of your day to talk with me on my podcast. So thank you so much. And I hope all the best for you in the future. And folks, I really recommend you you check out their book series, but especially this collection. It'll get you right in the holiday mood. And it comes out on September 26th. So check your local bookstores. So I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm hoping next week to have an episode out where I'll be reading you a Christmas story. So stay tuned for that. If you'd like to help support the show, there are some links in the show notes that you can do that. Go ahead and check those things out. If you support me on Kofi.com, I will be sure to send you a bookmark and a Christmas card is my way of saying thank you. Uh, just be sure to email me your mailing address so I can get that to you. There are also some links to, um, I've got uh, some t-shirts and a merch store, a couple of them down below. Uh, I really need to update some of that, but you can check out what I've got there if uh, you are so inclined. And uh, with that, I want to thank you all for joining me today. I look forward to reading you some more Christmas stories in the days to come. So until next time, let's remember to honor Christmas in our heart and try to keep it all the year. Have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>